All right, welcome to Nerds of the Old Republic, the podcast where we drink and discuss nerdy fiction, and where the bells mean points, but the points mean nothing, except to Mike, who, every time I see him, now I'm going to ring a bell, because he's told me that his self-worth is solely dependent upon bells. That's my power-up sound. I'm sure that came across. Nice. The angel just got its wings, too. <laughs> Indeed, yep. I'm Adam. I am Sean. And I'm Mike. And last episode, we discussed some of the recent fiction of the old man, the one and only Stephen King, who I called Dr. Mr. Stephen King Esquire (laughs) as a Spider-Man No Way Home joke. And uh, today we're going to be talking about the sunny boy, Mr. Joe Hill, and selections from his short story collection, Full Throttle. Uh, But first, we want to thank our growing community of listeners and followers on social media, and a special thanks to the listening community at Good Pods. They are so supportive, and we continue to rank highly among similar podcasts like Arts and Books and uh, Hobbies. We are um, also recently featured on Podbean, so thank you very much, Podbean, for putting us on your homepage with a couple other podcasts. Uh, They also happen to be the host of this podcast, so thank you for that so much. Gave us a big boost in downloads. We got to meet some new people online, and uh, if you followed us from Podbean and this is your first episode, I would definitely go back and listen to Stephen King just so you can kind of hear the tie-ins, but also thanks for being here. If uh, I haven't followed you back, I'll try to make sure that I do as I hop on uh, to do some work for the podcast. Yeah, stop slacking him. I'm sorry. We gained 64 followers in a day. It was kind of a lot, which wow. is awesome. Thank you. So, awesome. That's awesome. Thank you, everybody. So, yeah, so many interesting people that uh, I get to see now on Podbean thanks to that because I followed everybody back and then like half the podcast they follow. So we got a lot more in that feed to watch. If uh, A big thanks to everybody, too, who has been nice enough to post reviews on Apple Podcasts. Uh, if you like the shows and topics we discuss, if this is your first episode and you're like, damn, these guys are as funny as they think they are, <laughs> please consider rating and reviewing Impossible. us. Impossible. Oh. <laughs> you underestimate my power. Uh, thank you. That's the first time in two years that I've correctly used a Star Wars quote <laughs> at the right time. Right. Uh, but if you could rate us, review us, it'd be a big help. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Our handles are at Nerds of Old Republic. Um, and I just think our Twitter is off the friggin' hook because Mike holds that down so well. He's uh, grown our listenership there, uh, our audience there, and has some great conversations with people. So I really appreciate that. He's quite the twit. <laughs> That's what you call them, right? I yes, believe it's that, that was a Twitter. Yes, there we go. Here's Twitter-er. for that. Here, here's for Mike's. Self-esteem. Again. I prefer to. My, I mean, my <laughs> self-applied title is Twitter God. Uh, That's much better. Yes, yeah. I, I, I. But you know, I mean, your business card says director of social media. So yeah, you know, it's corporate jargon. But <laughs> uh, wait for that but, check. But, but it's, un- it's <laughs> don't Twitter remind guy. him. <laughs> oh, that reminds me. <laughs> uh, so remember how that check got lost at the printer. And then we got this fancy new Roadcast Pro soundboard. Oh, oh yes, um, the Roadcast. I believe our CFO made a mistake and oh. directed your check to buying more sound equipment. God damn. Well, I assume this fancy new soundboard will just increase the quality and therefore bring in more listeners and therefore much more revenue. So it'll yeah. pay off. It's I'm playing the long game. I believe it's going to more accurately represent the dulcet tone of your voice. Yes. And people are going to be just absolutely mesmerized. Yeah, that's it. Yes. <laughs> All right. So uh, <laughs> if you want to hear what we think about many other nerd-centric topics, speaking of Mike and his, uh, um, one of his many roles here at the podcast, don't forget to check out More Than Just Books, our blog on Podbean, 
Uh, there's so much going on there. Uh, Mike, what's the last thing you did on the, the blog? I uh, actually wrote about um, the movie Desperado, uh, which is a Robert Rodriguez film. Mm-hmm. And, and that actually mm-hmm. had stemmed from a conversation we had had during our jiu-jitsu cast. <laughs> Please check out our jiu-jitsu oh my cast. God. We had so much fun on that. But uh, we had talked about... You know, there's there's bad, bad movies like that one. Yeah. And then there's good, bad movies. And so I started thinking of my favorite good, bad movies. And uh, Desperado and the sequel to it, Once Upon a Time in Mexico, are two of my, mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't want to say favorite movies, but they're they're uh, very, very, very we good. We have guilty pleasures. Is, that, would you call it that? I would definitely call it that. They are, they are great <laughs> movies. I've seen them many times. And uh, so I had watched it as a result of that conversation and then decided, what the fuck? I'll blog yeah. about it. Because yeah. that's what thoughts. cool people do. Desperado. I was thinking about the same thing. Yeah. Well, and actually, uh, speaking of music and Desperado, there is a tie-in here. Um, I, I, the, the soundtrack to that movie is mostly a band called Tito and Tarantula, which oh, I yeah. was hmm. not really that familiar with but i went back and listened to the album where a lot of that music comes from and it's fucking fantastic it's like southwest Damn. blues shit it's really Ooh. cool so like it's, it's been it's been the soundtrack of my spring the last few weeks great album right. and you can't say no to antonio Banderas. that's right that's oh fun name to say <laughs> oh it so is is this salma hayek in those two uh yeah my Once future wife time in Mexico. Yeah, she, she is is she in both of them she is once she, I believe she dies prematurely in Once Upon a Time in Mexico. But uh, you know, frankly, if she Whatever. dies at all in any movie, it's prematurely. She indeed she is a delight, an absolute delight. Speaking of premature, whatever she comes out on the screen, I don't know what you're getting at. I don't know what you're implying. I think she's a very talented actress. Did I mention we're not safe for work? <laughs> just in case you missed that on the podcast, she's that's what NSFW means. Yeah, she is gorgeous. Um, so you know. Uh, Speaking of gorgeous, uh, Steve Buscemi is also in that film. Oh, I mean, <laughs> man, is a it goes without saying. A piece of work for sure. He's a, as they say in uh, William Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet, he's a man of wax. No, nice. I see. We we Hold do on. a little bit of high. We do a little bit of low. That's right. That's right. Uh, speaking of, I guess high and low, we are drinking the the same cocktail from last episode. If you listened, if you yeah, didn't, go up. back and listen to the Stephen King episode as Sean fills up. We got a watermelon here jammed with pureed watermelon, vodka, lime juice, and am I missing anything? 7-Up. And some 7-Up, which is fantastic on a warm summer night. It is very, very nice. Yeah. It's a what you might call a day drinker or a session uh, cocktail here. So I'm really appreciating that. Thank you very much. Yeah. It's not bad. We got the tap right in the watermelon. Yeah. It is fancy as fuck, as the kids say. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah if you want to see the setup mike's got it up on uh instagram probably by now or instagram twitter and all the socials by now if not i done messed up sorry keep coming back follow us make sure you look for it i can see as, it, as it'll be getting, up uh, as soon as the check is is <laughs> <on my desk. laughs> shit is the more i pour of this the more like the puree that's settled yeah. it's getting redder it's, it's, it's getting almost bloody darker, mary yes. territory it really is it started off like a pink and then, like, was light at the top where the ice sits, and now it is really, like, full-on red. I need a better strainer. <laughs> well, that's okay. <laughs> all right. So uh, shall we get then to Joe Hill, gents? Let's do it. Uh, all right. So, um, you know, we always start with, like, personal backgrounds, and I can keep this real fast for myself. Zero. I have had zero background with Joe Hill. Ditto. Wait, wait. It's not that show from the 90s with uh, Hank Hill, right? Is that King of the Hill? 
Yeah. Oh. oh my God! What a terrible pun on Stephen King and Joe that's Hill. That's all I got. That's it. I'm I got sorry. nothing yeah. else. Mike, anything? Yeah, I I, uh, I like Joe Hill very much. Uh, my first experience with him was the book Nosferatu. Um, it is one of the weirdest things I've ever read, but it was I mean really, weird, really good. It was just a nice like mindless summer read. Um, I read uh, Heart Shaped Box, which is like a sort of a grizzled old rock star meets you know, horror fiction, uh, which was, uh, again, you know, it's it's mindless stuff, but it's fun. Uh, I liked those two books very much. I had previously read uh, the collection that we're about to talk about, Full Throttle, mm-hmm. and um, I have not read the entirety of the Lock and Key series, but I have read the first volume, which is called Lovecraft Country. So a um, little bit of experience with Joe Hill and uh, mostly uh, all very positive. My uh, my wife, and my daughter watched the Lock and Key show on Netflix. So I've seen some of it. I had no idea it was Joe Hill. That's interesting. He actually seems to have a lot of success on Netflix lately. Um, he's got I don't remember the name of his other collection that they're doing the short story from, but he's got at least one other Netflix show coming out. Nosferatu was a show. Yeah. Um, and uh, well, I'll save that because I peeked at it the notes and. So his career is over, just like Netflix's. Oh, Netflix oh, is yes. over because of the ads? Is that why you're saying it? No, they keep because it's like spelling doom for Netflix. Like, <laughs> oh, it's over for them. I don't think so. They're yeah, yeah. yeah, they are the every. If you've ever read that from Dave Eggers, hmm. they're not going anywhere. I don't think so. Jujitsu alone is going to bring in a lot. I've watched that movie twelve true. times since we talked about it. <laughs> oh God, Adam. that's that's false. That's false. <laughs> but. Uh, Feels like it though, doesn't it? <laughs> it really does. And I watched it at one point two five speed, and it was still too slow. So I'm gonna keep pointing that out. The drink is definitely getting chunkier. It is, and you know what? I'm starting to feel the vodka kick in too. So, oh, okay, oh that's boy, good. Uh, God bless us for uh, podcast three and four tonight. <laughs> so, you know, we're gonna get to Joe Hill. He talks a lot about his family's past and why he refuses to use his father's name in the introduction. Yeah, I read that. Yeah. Um, would you have recognized King's influence on his son's writing without knowing Hill was his son, you think? For some of the stories where he was a collaborator. Sure. <laughs> Makes sense. I, I think there there is and isn't. Um, you know, he's very much his own writer. There's And he definitely also veers into, like, the, more the Neil Gaiman camp than the Stephen King camp uh, in terms of so. maybe, like, the tone of the thing. Um, you know, there's always... I shouldn't say always, but much of his stuff has a very like dark fantasy aspect to it that I associate with Neil Gaiman. Oh, no, or get, like a, get Neil Gaiman's mouth out or name oh. out your fucking mouth. Or like a China Miave, though. <laughs> or um, just keep see, going. Strong opinion there. I, I, uh, but I, I do see a similarity to Stephen King in the sense of the way that like neither of them I think are very strong writers. But they, you know, they they tend to write horror, dark fantasy, dark psychological mm-hmm. stuff that's built on the way they build tension and keep the page turning. Um, so, so again, yes and no. I, I think that tonally, he's more similar to a Neil Gaiman, mm-hmm. uh, as I inch away from Sean here. Um, they were already I, three feet apart. I think stylistically, mm-hmm. he, he does perhaps man. resemble the old man. Yeah, I think in terms of one of the central ideas in Hill's work being like revenge for perceived wrongs. Um, I see that a lot in King's work too. Um, when I think of like different seasons and that sort of thing and like trying to 
as a, maybe like a bystander coming into a situation, you have to play catch up with what's going on. You have to find out what's happening. And then your job is to like figure out how to right the wrong or like what is morally okay here. You know, I, I, I agree with that, Adam, completely. And I remember right now, it just came to me. When I finished reading those stories that we all selected and the one I picked, I'm like, you know, when Stephen King dies, they can fake it because Joe Hill can just keep writing stories under that he name. He could, yeah, he could just and no one will ever King. fucking know. Yeah. So I was reading it going like, you know, even the stuff he did himself, I'm like, nah, it's just like Stephen King. Yeah. yeah. I will say, though, I'll, I'll put this marker down, that I think Hill's dialogue is better. I agree. Eh. Poop. <laughs> if you don't know what I'm referring to from the last cast, go back to Stephen King. I, I agree. Uh, maybe, I think maybe it, a little. I think in general the prose is better, which I, I hasten to add that is not the same thing as saying good. His prose is, is not, a, I, I would not say people should read Joe Hill for the prose. Um, but I do not find it as cringe-inducing uh, mm-hmm. as I often find Stephen King. Maybe he, he was closer to Tabitha King than uh, Stephen King in that regard. Fair point. Sure, sure. We should actually do a fifth cast, and I'm just kidding. Throw <laughs> Tabitha, Tabitha King in there. I've never read any of her stuff. Me neither, unfortunately. But Same. Maybe for another day. Okay, so it's sort of a little resemblance there. Uh, let's get into the stories then. So we each read Full Throttle, and then we picked another to read and sean is already shaking his head no so i'll let you take the lead on that one even though i've got ideas go I'm ahead i'm gonna start off with my patented move here fuck full throttle <laughs> that's one fuck per episode for the kings <laughs> I know. i'm sorry not since the city we became by nk oh jemison have we had so God. many fuck yous this this book sucked Ah, this book, I'm sorry. The um, this story sucked. Mm-hmm. It sucked. I read that going like, what the fuck was that? It was bad. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was straight up bad. No. I'm like, this, this was like slush pile that got thrown onto <sighs> it to make the book longer. And, and it, it's 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 ironic that this isn't just one or the other. It's both of them. Mm-hmm. Two of the most successful mm-hmm. writers working today. Yeah. Produced this story. Well, well, I can, you could tell what was Stephen King too. Like some of the like the callbacks to the Nam stuff and yeah. yeah. Oh god, that was so in there. And like, I really felt what was it, Christine, the the car that kills oh. people. I'm like, this is like Christine 2.0 until they put a person in. Right. The what was the one with the trucks killing? Was a maximum overdrive or something? Uh, yeah, some stupid like, thing he did. Right. And it's yeah. like I don't. It's but I. You know, the the one thing that I don't want to go as far as saying it redeems the story for me because I don't think it's a good story, but it, that saves it from being just completely awful is the ending um, because it is so set up to be, A, either like a spooky truck and we never find out yeah. what's in it, or B, once we do find out, we're like, oh, so it's some psychopathic, you know, like... You know, like it's like a slasher film where people yeah. are just evil and they kill. Um, and it's none of those things. The whole thing is supposed is, is is setting you up to think this is going to be a redemption arc where the father saves the son and they come to some sort yeah. of understanding they together. They on the end of the road. And instead, the monster that's been mowing them down the whole time turns out to be uh, a distressed... Was it the father of the girl that was killed? Or, yeah. or yeah. yeah, so it was the father and he's like a distressed parent who happened to learn... 
you know, uh, yeah, By that's bullshit storytelling that he's yeah. he's right there. But you know, the fact that he turns out to be sympathetic, you're like, oh damn, that dude was trying to avenge his daughter, and the son is still an asshole, and the father has to send him off after saving him. Again, not enough to redeem the story, but it no. it definitely uh, for me. If there's one part of the story that I did like, that was it. I thought the ending was okay. I'll give it. It helps it, but the thing that killed it was when he, I think he says uh, he was greased. G R E A S E D, and I'm like, oh my. God, yeah, you don't need to spell it out for me. Oh, I have two degrees. Geez. Thanks, I got it. Which just like the use of like '70s slang and stuff like that. Oh like, my god, yeah, it was. On. It was hard to like look at the different generations and for them to write like the the Iraq War generation as like this aloof, needing to push themselves constantly, really just trying to prove themselves to daddy thing. Oh, but he was and a pussy who ran kids. away because he was scared. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, well, welcome to exactly how that generation sees feelings, yeah. right? So, like, he got that right. <laughs> but um, I did find that a little bit interesting in that they were both veterans of different wars and how we just continue to fuck up young Americans. But that lasted for, like, 30 seconds. There's some cool but stuff in there, but it's little just boy. the execution. So yeah. yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, even even the, like, the, the climax where... He's throwing the flashbang into the semi truck. Oh, little he's boy! Like, flicks him. Yeah, that's why I shouted, "Little boy!" Oh, yeah. Flicks him the bird, and he's like, "Not one, but two. Slow the bird. <laughs> like, come fucking on. Honestly, what is this? My ninth graders write better short <laughs> yeah. stories than that. That was rough. So, it was almost like, um, like they had designed a computer, and they just put in like all of Stephen King's work." all of Joe Hill's work into this computer. And it was like one of those uh, neural net things. Are you trying to set up Ex Machina and talk about (laughs) AI right now? Because that's a great mid-episode plug-in and probably a much better episode than what we're reading now. My subconscious is way smarter than I am. But uh, right. I was just thinking, like, it's like those things are, like, they have, like, those bots or whatever that, like, write new yeah. songs and the Beatles or whatever and yeah. using their old stuff. They, even, like, they write sports recaps. Yeah. A lot of the sports news recaps on the internet are just bots writing it. That's why oh, I, I always wonder, like, fuck. like when you see, like, a mistake in the pros or whatever, and you're like, oh, does this person just, like, writing this really quickly? Like, no, there's no person writing it. No, it's a bot. <laughs> there's a, and I'll continue to, to, to plug this for a future episode, uh, my favorite TV show is Rick and Morty, and it would be so perfect for our podcast. But there's a there's an episode where uh, it has all it all has to do with heists, and they create a heist bot um, who you know knows the has been programmed with all the heist movie formulas uh, Pulls from every heist movie every ever. Yeah, and it actually like creates decisions for them based on the heist uh, movie formula. And then in huh. order to like try to avoid it, they have to create like an anti-heist movie bot that like fucks up the formula and yeah. tells them what to do to fuck up the formula and everything. So. <laughs> you see the right. into the spoon. Oh, oh. nice. Buddy. <laughs> So your watermelon has uh, officially kicked in then. I think so. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Sean is uh, graciously refilling my glass here, so I'll take the lead. We each actually also read an additional short story that we said we would talk about. Did we kick the keg? Did we kick it? Is it just plugged? Can I jump in? Yeah, please. Did we all read Fawn, or was that just me? You know what? I forgot we all read Fawn, too, because, like... Maybe I'm trying to forget about Joe Hill. Oh, okay. Just, just maybe right. low-key forgetting about Joe Hill currently. But, yeah, we all right, let's switch to Fawn. That's that's a wiser move here. So, um, yeah. Are you all manning the... I 
the tap. Watermelon is. Oh boy, that's fine. Just you know what? You can just hand me the watermelon. Yeah, make the watermelon a sort of a jug. We'll do keg stands from the watermelon. <laughs> can you have three long straws? <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's fine. It's a smoothie, it's right? Smoothie it's healthy. Off. It's healthy. So. Fill in the dead air while Sean pours that. I appreciate that. Um, so we all agreed. Oh. oh my gosh, that is like that's the like Ron Popeil. Can you blend it? Shit, right I there. That's definitely get your helping thick. of fruit today. Seriously, thank you. No, I think we might have kicked it. No, nope, I'm good. I still got a little hair in the glass. So uh, we can talk about Fawn then. So uh, that was the other short story we all agreed to read. And so Fawn is a story uh, based on hunters who are trying to hunt. Um, the biggest game they can. It starts off with them being in Africa and the son of the protagonist, well, of one of the characters. I, I can't really say he's the protagonist, but the son of one of the characters um, being attacked by a, a lion who they thought he killed. And then as a return for saving him, another character shows the dad this fantastical hunt that you have to pay absorbent amounts of money for you can only go twice a year, I think it is, right? The door opens up, and then you get to hunt mythical creatures um, that the the hunters actually don't even believe exist until they see one of the caged talking chipmunks. Is that right? Yeah, some kind of like... Yeah. Chipmunky thing? Chip, chipmunk couple. Yeah, yeah. I forgot what they were called. They have names, too. Yeah. They get names. Yeah, and then they get stuffed. Yeah. They do. Um. So... <laughs> they do. This, I hate to say it because I don't want to sound so negative about two of the most prolific writers currently because they're like, you know, the working man, the blue class, blue collar writer. But like this just kind of felt like most dangerous game to me. Yeah, it has that ring to it. That that was pretty much it. Let's make you know, it with I, mythical creatures. I, yeah, I didn't, I, I guess I didn't think of that. Um, that's a valid point. Um, I, I liked this story. Oh, there's a lot of vodka in the bottom of that. <laughs> All the vodka sat in the Dude, bottom. Dude, you, you have to drink it. I'm going Sean to. Sean worked hard on that. I believe it. He had to flip a watermelon upside down and everything. But I thought, um, I, I think I mostly liked this um, this story for the, the very overt politics of it. You know, it's Yeah, I agree with The that. entitlement of the upper <laughs> class, the sort of callousness of that class. The toxic you know, masculinity of... Um, hunting and how they treated the boy who had feelings and just wanted to draw stuff. Exactly. And then, you know, then there's like the mercenary aspect of the guy who's like, you know, in charge of this thing. Like he discovered he had this asset and now he closely guards it and gets rich off of it. You know, there was all of that. And then on top of that, there's like, you know, this sort of story of a land like trying to free itself from exactly oh gosh, this type yeah. of pain. You know, I don't know. Like, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's a goofy story. It's, it's a, Type of story where, as you're saying the premise into the microphone just now, it's like it sounds goofy, but yeah. but yeah, I, I, I don't think it came across. I as nevertheless goofy. enjoyed reading it, and I liked the themes. Uh, Narnia meets uh, most dangerous game. Yeah, when you think yeah, about it, sure. There you, go. you know what, what? The problem for me was that they eat the fawns, and I'm mm -hmm. like, that's half man, dude. Like, yeah, it tastes like goat. That's the point. But it's like half dude. Human is humans are like self defeating. Right, it's overt. It's overtly political. This story, yeah, because yeah. you know, the fawns like bring his hair back and shit like that. Like help him, yeah, look better. It's a boner or something like that. Right? Yeah, yeah. It's like grinding up shark, shark fin or something. Yeah, uh, <laughs> like that's it, what everybody thinks it is. It's, it's a it's a very different premise. Like it, I, it's extremely unique, and I got to give him credit for you know taking like old tropes and turning them into something really interesting. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and it was okay for me. Yeah. It was. It was. What do the kids say now? It's kind of mid. Oh my gosh! Don't. <laughs> no. no. I mean that is what the kids say, but. No. But let's not. <laughs> I'm just watching. We're better I'm, than that. I'm just like, looking at Ed and drink this thing. I, I I should get you a knife and a fork for that. <laughs> I was promised beer that we needed to cut. <laughs> so it literally looks like a uh, a Bloody Mary that just like went congealed. way too like maybe a finger got caught in the blender. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm enjoying it. That's the thing. It I is gotta, good I, still. I wanted to get some of that. Now I was just looking at that and you're having all the fun with it. Did you. I'll share it. No, I'll okay. take it from the... Oh, okay. We got plenty left. There's still left in the... Wow. Yeah, it literally, like, I could stick a straw in it. It would stand up on its own. It'd be fine. It's well, still good. Shall we do our individuals then, or... Sure, sure. Go ahead, Mike. Oh, all right. I read uh, Twitter uh, Twittering from the Circus of the Dead, which is a really cool little story. It's uh, told entirely in a series of tweets... Uh, from a sort of bratty teenage girl who's on a road trip with her family, and she's clearly miserable about it, and she creates her Twitter account just to document how unhappy she is. Um, Sounds right. And in the course of this road trip, I mean, obviously there's some some character development and stuff along the way, but in the course of this road trip, they uh, they end up buying tickets as they pass um, this like night circus that they come ac- across. And um, it's going to be hard to explain in a way that delivers how much it actually does work as you're reading the story. But, you know, you you immediately sense from her tweets that, like, this is a really fucked up uh, circus and something's completely wrong. You know, the the ringmaster is like this, uh, like, girl who is, like, scantily clad and is on, um, like, stilts. Okay. And she's being chased around on stage by what appear to be zombies in hazmat suits. I'm in. That are trying to knock her down and eat her. Immediately and she's regret trying to tell the audience that, like, she this is not a joke. That her family attended this, like, a week earlier. Her and her boyfriend and her family, and they were all killed. And she's only survived as long as she can be the ringmaster and they don't catch her. And she keeps coming out to introduce the axe. She almost falls at one point and injures herself and ba- uh, barely escapes. They bring up, like, the, the narrator, the person who's doing the tweets, they bring up her, like, uh, brother on stage at one point, and they do this thing where they're throwing, like, knives at his head, and they actually, or an, I'm sorry, an axe, and it gets embedded in his neck, and they're oh. like, she's like, wow, the effects are really good on this. And he comes out later in a hazmat suit, and he's clearly, like, one of them now, and it just gets increasingly fucked up, and by the end of this, she's, like, tweeting desperately for help as they're trying to hide and stay silent. And then, oh. like, there's a little twist at the end where the Twitter account suddenly gets, like, taken over by the people who run the circus. And they're, like, they pitch it as, like, an advertisement and how fun it is. And you can only buy same-day tickets. And, um, you know, like, I don't know if I'm doing a good job or not, but it's it, it I'm works. In. Like, like, I already said I'm in, actually. I kind of regret not reading that one. I do, too, because <laughs> I feel like I read one that Joe Hill worked on with Stephen King, and I'm like, Meh. Yeah, no, this this was it, – it was, it was different in its, like, stylistic delivery – um, and it was also a really like interesting horror premise. Uh, I, I enjoyed it very much, and I, I recommend that story. Yeah, that sounds really good. Yeah, it does. Damn. I, I mean, I have a tough time following that. You, I, you me, you want a rock, paper, scissor for it? I'll just <laughs> If go, you want, right, I can just ahead. tell mine two more times. Yeah, maybe, yeah that's <laughs> a good It would be idea. more entertaining than Thumbprint, I can tell you that. Uh, I read Late Returns yeah. uh, about a, like a ghostly library truck, and as I was reading, I'm like, man, this sounds like a Stephen King story. 
Yeah. It was very much like the old man. Like he was like, you know what you should do? You should write a write a story about like a library truck. It makes deliveries from the past. <laughs> and you can affect the... I actually listened to that one, too, because I had some extra time. Yeah, it was okay. I mean, I, I kind of thought it was interesting that they got this psychedelic library on wheels. Thing, whatever. What do they call it? Bookmobile? Bookmobile, yeah. And it was, uh, and it was neat. It was kind of interesting how they could affect the past and how they couldn't see the titles and it was weird I can't explain and to you how much Sean's shoulders are shrugging in the emoji yeah I mean right again now. it was a mid story it was so, yeah, I mean I kind of wish I would have read the circus thing now yeah <laughs> like, honestly like, I chose poorly I read this one because I read like a quick little like review blog like like blog thing about the book and they said oh Late Returns has got some interesting thing. Well, I'll read that one yeah yeah fuck why don't I trust the internet all the time fucking it I mean you should trust <laughs> us and then none of the internet yeah Literally. Meanwhile, in the background, I think someone's smoking a cigar somewhere in my neighborhood because I'm smelling it. This smells oh, good. I have zero sense of smell, unfortunately. Man, COVID? No, not anymore, thankfully. But oh, okay. I literally just don't have a sense of smell. But uh, did you like a bottle rocket go up your nose <laughs> when you were a kid or something? <laughs> yes, it did. No, uh, no, actually, yeah, I'm gonna go get some of that thick drink while you're talking <laughs> you about go. your story. Thank you. Well, yeah, you're enjoying more than when uh, I'm talking about um, fingerprint. So, um, a Iraq war veteran comes back and as the characters develop you find out that the character was part of what you presume is like the Abu Ghraib torture oh, right. and pictures because they talk about like having to torture people to interrogate them and then being in pictures where they're like naked and being um, told to stand in like what is it um, stressful positions for hours and that sort of thing so you get that interwoven with the um, protagonists like everyday life trying to return to normalcy as a civilian again um back home and like that was moving because they're talking about like running and needing to run in order to like keep up their physical fitness but also as like a, a way to like be just mentally okay but they find out that they're being stalked by another member of their squad from iraq who um is unfortunately clearly going through ptsd and thinks that they're being stalked by their other squad members mm. um, and watched and like you know the CIA is watching them or some shit like that unfortunately and they're they're not getting the help they need so yeah. they they actually end up stalking and cutting off the digits of other squad members and sending it as warnings sending fingerprints in ink as warnings to the protagonist and eventually it comes to a head where that other squad member is in the protagonist's house, and there's the physical conflict that ensues from that, and then the emotional conflict of having to take down this person who, you know, you were involved with in Iraq, and obviously you've got a complex relationship with because of the things you were forced to do over there, right. and then how they're they're treating you there, and like emotionally, as I retell it, I feel more invested in it than when I was reading it. Ah, uh, okay. So like, I hate to say it like that. But for whatever reason, even though the content is moving and the story is prescient, it, I don't know, it wasn't one that I found memorable. Right. It sounds like way. Universal Soldier. <clears throat> yeah, <laughs> I can see that. The way you're describing it like that, sounds just like Universal Soldier. Is that with Wesley Snipes? Or no, it was um, Dolph Lundgren is the bad guy and... Jean-Claude Van Damme no. Jean -Claude is Van Damme. your protagonist. And it's classic 90s. Nobody uh, can get their heel as high as Jean-Claude Van Damme. Oh, man. Nobody can do a split like that, man. <laughs> Neither can Jean-Claude anymore. 
Hey, man. Don't you besmirch. Get Jean-Claude's <laughs> name out your fucking mouth. Hey, man. Uh, I have a lot of respect for him and uh, Chuck Norris and what they did in the 80s for, like, um, you know, that patriotic porn shit they did where it was like, fuck yeah, America. We got guns. We're going to shoot the bad guys. And I'm just having a moment. A bald I eagle am, just flew overhead. It, <laughs> yeah, literally. Yeah. And I was going to go out and start up his Trans Am and do donuts. Proud to be an American where at least I can have my guns. Like, and all that shit. No, and it's funny. Is Adam's the only here, one here driving an American car. I am oh, actually yeah. made and designed in Fremont, California. Yeah. But in any case. Um, so, you know, I thought, like, the, the concept was good. And um, the protagonist was interesting. Just something about the delivery didn't didn't hit yeah. for me. I gotta say, I mean, uh, Joe Hill's just like I'm like. Eh, I, I mean, I, maybe we should have read one of his standalones like Nosferatu or. Well, I, I maybe yeah. yeah. I mean, I was I was saving this for the recommendations, but I'll go ahead and say it now. Um, I mean, of the things I've read by him, this was my least favorite. Mm. Uh, we picked it because we had picked the theme of short stories. Yeah. Um, I thought Nosferatu and Heart Shaped Box were both great. I mean. Great, not in the sense of like William Faulkner or Ernest Hemingway or something like that, but great in the sense of like a sort of pulp fiction. Mm. Um, I really enjoyed those two books, and I'm not sure why I didn't continue on with Lock and Key. I I have always meant to uh, because I enjoyed that first volume very much as well. Um, Full Throttle was at the bottom of my list of the things I've read by this author. Uh, That's a bummer. I feel like we keep picking things at the bottom like, uh, we didn't Joe do Stephen Hill, King justice. Yeah. Stephen King, uh, even N.K. Jemison, who you liked, mm. except for what we read together. That's right. Yeah. Maybe we should just call ourselves bottom feeders of the old republic. Yeah. Oh. Let's take all these great artists and do their <laughs> worst work. Well, we're also trying to do like their new stuff, so people know yes. what what's coming out. So it's true. Yeah. You know, in I, fairness, a lot of people doing a service. We're, we're sort of taste makers. Mm-hmm. A yeah, lot of people yeah. look to us for that. So I, I guess I'm not chomping at the bit to read more Joe Hill, but I wouldn't say no if like you were like you got to read Nosferatu or something like. Okay, yeah, I do it. It's like yeah. it's not it's not yeah. like I'm saying like no fuck this no. right except and, for and, Full Throttle. And, full and Throttle he... sucked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the actual story Full Throttle. Yeah, literally sucked. I will go back and read that Twitter one. Yeah, that sounded cool. Twitter Circus. That was a good story, and there uh, there were a couple other in the collection, but I read it years ago that I, I remember liking. There's one that's called, like, All I Care About Is You. I remember that being pretty good. There's another one that he did with his father called In the Tall Grass, I think. That's the one that's going to be a Netflix Netflix show. show. And I remember liking that one, too. Um, I thought I remembered liking the one that you talked about, Sean. But as you were talking about it. Late Returns? Yeah. I'm like, maybe it it wasn't that one. Late Returns. Late Returns. returns It's not terrible. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 cute. It's but, cute. But there were some stories there that I had that I had very little use for. There's one called it's called like Dark Carousel or something. I couldn't even tell you what that was about. Um, there's one where he tries to do one of those like the way the words appear on the page like type things. Mm. Like it's like designed to look a certain way on the page, and I thought that one was stupid. Yeah. You know, so it was a mixed bag. It really was. Yeah. I thought Which, it was. I uh, mean, I guess most writers have that. And I'm not a short story guy in for the most part anyway. Um, it, it takes a very specific short story to get my interest, and and then I respect it all the more because most short stories are very underwhelming to me. I really like the uh, opening when he's talking about growing up and his dad and his influence on mm-hmm. him and stuff like that. Like that kind of shit was very much like on writing, which was the thing yeah. I shouted out in the Stephen King cast. And I'm like, you know, it was uh, it was kind of insightful and to realize that like 
Stephen King's kids, they don't have to do jack shit for life, honestly. Like, they don't have to do a they're, damn thing. They're probably thing. fine. But they're all authors. Right. Yeah. His wife's an author. He's, yeah. It's like they're, it's a, quite yeah. a family of authors. And it's like the, the kid was like, he's what, he's our age or a little older than us. And he's still a, little was a slacker his whole fucking life. And it was he like 30 something. He's like, yeah, maybe I'll be an author. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, 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 and he's like, and early 40s. Yeah. His, his family could have like punched his ticket for him, too. You yeah. Know? I mean, the whole thing about that. his name is like because he, it was important to him to know that he was making it on his own merits. Yeah. yeah. And, I, and I think that's to his credit. I think that's really great. Agreed. I thought that was cool. Yeah. To come back full circle, what's more American than pulling yourself up by your bootstraps <laughs> and making it on your own? So I don't know why I put on this voice for that. Yeah, I don't know <laughs> either. I don't know either, sorry. Yeah, what region of the country was that, Adam, that you are I'm going to say that that is um, fictional cartoon voice, Adam. Oh, okay. There we go. <laughs> let me, let me a... take a crack at this. Sure. What's more American than pulling Ooh. yourself up by your own bootstraps? <laughs> That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Well, yeah. we can I mean... Uh, you, got, sh- you wait, should do like okay. Brooklyn or something. Oh, no, I, oh, okay, no, okay. I, I, oh, I thought we were all doing like a Southern thing because I could do like that. Well, I could do a Southern. Do do do. What's more American <laughs> than getting your silver by your old bootstrap? Dang old dang old bootstrap. You know that, <laughs> that we just great. lost the entire South, right? <laughs> oh, we they, they don't tell on no, our shit anyway. <laughs> legitimately, it's New York, California. Iowa, and then world. Yeah. There's like a blackout in the South and Vermont. Vermont. Some yeah. reason. Yes. What the hell, Vermont? Come on, Vermont. <laughs> I love you. I'm looking at Mike's empty glass and I'm thinking, he's got he's, he's to spoon up some of the <laughs> chunky goodness. What's this I've been hearing about this podcast? What, what in the world is that? <laughs> wow. Uh, we got to get a special guest from our school there who can do a really good Southern accent. My voice acting skills are subpar. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Is it lightning round time? It is lightning round lightning time. Round Let's get at it. All right. So uh, if you've never listened to us before, uh, lightning round basically is three questions I ask Mike and Sean. First to ring in gets to answer. And if they get the um, exact wording. No, I'm just kidding. If they're, <laughs> if they're close enough, uh, horseshoes, hand grenades, and little boys included, then they can uh, get the point. The points mean that they can win if they get two out of three. And right now the series for this season is... Tied. Exactly tied. <laughs> Stayed tied forever. Stayed tied. For, no, I'm just kidding. He <laughs> should just right. say that every week. Every week. Build yeah. this, is, this is it. Yeah, this is what it's all been leading up to. This all is right. game seven. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, so, question number one. What movie, based on his father... What the fuck? Father's novel to Joe Hill. Wait, no, you can't. No, he ran <laughs> You don't get to finish the I'm question. I'm sorry. I, we never delineated that. What was the rest of the question? <laughs> no, you can't. Fine. I can't repeat it. In fairness to Sean, I, I think I, I may have misunderstood it. where you're going with that question. I believe so. I was going to say, I was going to say horns. It's not horns. Damn. Sorry. <laughs> I thought you were asking about one of the uh, books that he had written that was getting made into a movie. And I was, oh. I, because this is game seven. I choked, <laughs> man. <laughs> he's so amped up. He took uh, so much anabolic just, steroids before this episode. He's the Florida Panthers. <laughs> so pissed. Oh, oh wow. All right. Right now, oh, oh, so the, the rest of the rest of that question is what movie based on his father's novel did Joe Hill appear in? Oh, um, oh, he talked about it too in the beginning. It's, uh, shiza. Is it horns? <laughs> 
Oh no, because uh, he. Like, I would have bit... given you the point if it was Stephen King was in it too, wasn't he? Like a, it was like a bit part or something. I'm not at liberty to say. Pet Cemetery. It's not Pet Cemetery. Ah, uh, it's one of those like classic though from the old Creep Show. Creep Show, directed by George A. Romero. That's it. I was yeah. gonna say we could just name every movie that's been made. Let's go. Out of a Stephen King book. <laughs> Nobody yeah. gets that until point. we no. get it. <laughs> Yeah, uh, you're right. So you, this, I'm this sorry about good. that. I I'm chewing my you ice. Failed actually. to capitalize. I, did, I, did. So. I will say that was in the introduction, and um, there's a funny Shit. story where um, Joe Hill apparently had just got done filming um, the scene where the his dad actually, the, his character, his character's dad in the movie, like slaps him. Oh yeah. And so they did like all this makeup. He's got a big bruise on his face. And then Stephen King takes Joe Hill out for, like, Burger King or some yeah. shit afterwards. And everyone's eyeing Stephen King like, you fucking child abuser. What are you doing here? <laughs> so, like, you know, they didn't fall on the stairs. That. Yeah, that's right. Hit his face <laughs> on a doorknob. All right, question number two. <clears throat> what novel of Hill's was adapted into... It's horns. Even, it is horns, actually. Yes! It is horns. Son of a bitch. <laughs> adapted into a movie starring Daniel Radcliffe. Yeah, it, it's horns. <laughs> what, what is horns? <laughs> Can I just tell you, it's tied. <laughs> it's tied. It's perpetually tied. I'm not doing tied. this, this is on it. purpose. This is All right. It. All right. So this is for everything. I typically do uh, a numerical based question. This is not over under. So I encourage you both, Mike, to listen to the full <laughs> question before you answer. <laughs> you must answer it. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, I'm just kidding. Are the mics even kidding. picking up the, the bells today? They are. They're doing a good they job. They are, okay. Yeah. Uh, which has Joe Hill written more of, novels or comics? Um, assuming that by comics we are going to count lock and key, I hope I can assume as a series, novels. I'll say comics. <laughs> I'm not sure how I can score this one because it's... It is not novels. Oh. Ooh, Min, is he default. Written, I win, motherfucker. Has he written more than Lock and Key? Because I would have counted Lock and Key as a, as a whole. As a oh, single. as a single piece because yeah. when I looked – so here we got to talk about technicality because when I looked up Joe Hill's website, he has the volumes listed separately, similar okay. to like Saga well, Compendiums. So it's tied again. We might have we might We're have still to arm tied. wrestle. We're still tied. No, no, we uh, got another cast. Is, is that guy? cast oh, when I was at Joe Hill's <laughs> website, he has fourteen graphic novels listed right, and eight fine. novel novels. I would have counted them as, as as a whole, but you know what? For for the sake of tension in the show sure. and for us being able to say in a third straight cast that this is for still everything. Tied. <laughs> everything. And there's only one more oh, episode. That's right. My drink has Only, a watermelon oh skin in it. Oh my god! What is? Oh, that does not look appealing. I can't Sean believe you just did. Definitely that. just ate a little human mm. finger flesh. <laughs> it kinda, Very vodka. -y. Yeah. It it kind of looked like if someone had just like taken a cheese grater to their hand. Yeah. That's what he just put in his mouth. This drink is a creep show. It. You know what? It's actually. Yeah. It started off delightful, and it's really kind of ending it's on a bad dark. note here. Yeah, it's going to be very dark. alcoholic too. Well, then it's probably a good time to end as we uh, as we work to sober up here. So that's it for us. If you like what you hear, we'd love it if you gave us a rating on Apple Podcasts, shared our show with uh, at least one other person, even if that person's going to give you weird looks about it. Like seriously, they'll like it. Yeah, be weirdly persistent about it. Yeah, just keep leaving your phone unlocked with our podcast playing on it in random places. <laughs> It'd be great. That's a great idea. Yeah. 
I do that to my family all the time. They still nice. haven't listened. While you were waiting for our next episode, watch the 2014 movie Ex Machina, directed by Alex Garland and starring Alicia Vikander and Oscar Isaac. Oh my gosh, I've become an Oscar Isaac fanboy. I cannot yes. wait to talk oh, about Jesus. this. All right, it's a sci-fi film known for being engrossing and thought-provoking, which means it didn't do well at the box <laughs> office whatsoever. We'll see what we think of it in our last cast of the season, uh, which actually we've been talking might not be our last cast, but we are going to take a hiatus. Ooh, yeah, there may be a special bonus episode. That's right. That's right. So listen in. Uh, we'll be back definitely in September with Neil Stevenson's Termination Shock. Is that the name of yes, it now? Yes, Termination Shock. Yes, Thank you. The new... The new Neil Stevenson. Yeah. I believe I believe this one is only 700 pages. So, you know, you so? could probably pick it up the week before. You'd be fine. You'd be fine. Well, that's in, I'll read it twice. Yeah, that's in part why we're taking a brief hiatus. Yeah. Uh, and also just so we can, you know, kind of like rest, recoup, travel around the yeah. nation, pitching the podcast. Well, we're taking this thing on the road. Yeah. yeah. We'll be at a, you know, we'll be in L.A. Yeah. Nerdcast Roadshow. <laughs> Find us at the 7-Eleven on the corner of 5th and... No, I'm just kidding. But uh, no, we uh, we'd love to hear you uh, and your thoughts on Ex Machina as it comes up, and uh, we'd love to see you on the socials too. So we're at Nerds of Old Republic on all these socials. Until then, cheers! 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 cheers.